This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another magical episode of Zing This. You got me, Ninfadora Zinger. What? You've got me, Tonks Ellie. Oh, <laughs> boy, this is a good one wow. already. Okay. And we are joined by a magical guest. You got me, me, Big D David. Aha, <laughs> nice. nice. I like that. That's nice. awesome. Yes, David Ginsburg from Tales from the Yay, Fandom. Yay, I'm so excited he's back. I know. It, it, we, we've been waiting patiently because we know that you are a big Potter fan, so yes. we are excited that, that you are joining us for, and if I, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't this not your favorite movie and book, or book or movie, or what? what what's the combination here? This is my favorite book. Um, after watching this movie a few times before recording, uh it probably shifted a few times uh, in placement, but it's definitely my favorite book. All right. Well, good. Excellent. Excellent. Because I know that there is some differences between the movie and the book, and I'm sure we will get to that at some point. Even though we say that we aren't trying to do that, but it always comes out. So and I'm just... going to correct you again. You always said I, that we I weren't going to do that. I do, and every time we do it anyway. So <laughs> I guess I'm I'm kind of turning into the skit at this point with it. So... So yeah, so um, as always on our on our movie stuff, we have our top three moments that we do. So as always, we will have our illustrious guest. I think there's so. gonna I'm gonna call it. I think there's gonna be some overlaps definitely in this one. Overlaps in this one, you I say? I think so. You yeah, think there's gonna be some, some overlaps? Some of the other ones, yes. All right, all right, awesome. That's that's good to hear. It was my premonition. Ooh, or your you you made a. You made a um, prophecy of sorts. I did. Yes. Go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> go, go ahead, sir. All right. My top three, they're, they're not in any order, but the first one is the opening with Big D, Dudley, and Harry in the park, and then the Dementor attack followed up by finally seeing Arabella Fig, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. Uh, my second one is... The introduction of my second favorite character in the entire series, Luna Lovegood. Oh, cool. Because she is just, she's like, she's a precious marshmallow. Like, she's just so wonderful. And she, like, Ivana Lynch just played the character so beautifully. And I, from from the moment you get to meet her, it's just, she should have been with the group the whole time. And now she's, she's getting to hang out with, with Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and Neville to some extent. And the last one I have is uh, Fred and George uh, and their exit from their school of, uh, of witchcraft and wizardry and going on to start their own business. I, I think I can make a very educated 
observation on what probably will be every on everyone's list. But <laughs> Ellie, would you like to go? F- no. Okay, fine. No. Fine. Uh, give me one second to pull up mine. Then you don't uh, have them off the top of your head. All right. As for my magical name, I'd like to point this out real quick. The name, the reason I use Fedora, okay. is because one, it's cool, awesome. cool character name. Yep. Two, she is a woman after my own heart. Okay. Because she does not go by her first name she goes by her surname oh. much like someone else we may or may not know what who's that me oh Duh. okay <laughs> yes the ever-present mystery and not big mystery of what my first name is when i say just a zinger <laughs> <laughs> all right so in no particular order okay the twins skipping out on their school yes yep. yes great scene ooh, ooh, De- ooh. definitely a much deserved scene uh the Fight in the woods, actually, between, of course, the centaurs, the the giant, everything with that kind of kind of her getting her comeuppance. But I don't. I like to say this: this would be like downright best scene, but I don't feel she got her comeuppance enough. Oh, mm-hmm. will you please stop saying comeuppance? She didn't get it. She, she did not get <laughs> the comeuppance. What's wrong with you? A okay. lot of things, and of course, Voldemort versus Dumbledore. I thought it was an amazing scene, though I will have other things to say about it later when I'm sure we will discuss it. Yes. My turn. Yes, of course, your turn. Okay. Once again, the fireworks scene with Fred and George. Yes. During the lovely owls. It was amazing. I loved the dragon and just her pure terror on her face was just fantastic. And and just the whole the whole scene, even when all the proclamations, you know, explode and come mm-hmm. down. Like it was just it was great. I absolutely love that scene. So hands down. Um you as well as me. The whole end thing with Dumbledore and Voldemort. Um I love the way they used this the um their environment yes um you know the glass shattering and then he turns the glass to sand and when Dumbledore uses the water I mean it was just really cool that they really used everything around them to you know try to get one up and get the upcome come uppings up uppings the up, uppings that come the, the come uppings up, come uppings of each other so yes. um I thought that was just such a cool scene and and actually the whole scene even when you know harry was being taken over and he was fighting to you know keep himself that just that whole thing i loved and my third okay was the scenes with the occlumency Ah, yes i really love that because you really got to and i'm sure we can go into more detail later but you know, you really got a good... If you're not somebody from the books and you're watching the movies, mm-hmm. you really got a good first indication of why the heck Snape is so cranky towards Harry. So it was it was really cool to see that scene and, you know, get a little bit of inside there. So I, I, I really did like that, that whole section there. All right. Definitely, I think, yes. great list. Um, there is a certain scene I think stuck out for all of us. Yes. <laughs> very obviously. Um, so moving on to favorite magical item, creature, and or thing from this one. As always, our guest will go first. So, David, have at it. 
Well, I, I've got two, and I really just want to I want to throw one out there because I just love it, and it's it's such a small part of the movie, but All it's really right. just one of those items that I really loved. Uh, so special kudos or, or props or whatever to the interdepartmental memos in in the uh, Ministry of Magic, the paper airplanes, mm-hmm. <laughs> because that was wonderful. But for my for my pick, I love the Thestral. I, I find them a very fascinating creature and that the only people who can see them are people who have uh, seen someone die. It, it just makes that creature just that much more magical and mysterious. And even when Hermione, who, brightest witch of her age, knows <laughs> all about the history of Hogwarts, doesn't realize that there's actually something pulling the carriages and is like, no, there's nothing there. It's 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 just always been... They're, they just go by themselves, and it's nice to see something that she doesn't know yet. So, I can't remember, because it has been a while since I've read the books, and this one, I think this one, if I remember correctly, I didn't read this one more currently than any of the other ones, but for some reason it's escaping my mind right now. So, how would they ride those if you can't see them? Just, just, just wondering. Or, or, that, or if you that, see them... <laughs> or if you see him, is it just this kid in the air, sort of like floating? Like it's like Wonder Woman riding her jet. That, that always bothered me too, by the way. But <laughs> but yeah, I, I just wanted to point that out real quick. I'm like, I don't know if it's explained or if how it's just like, oh, hop on this thing that's not there. I said, just just an observation, okay. just an observation. Ellie, am I going to go next for the magical item? Sure. The room of requirement. I, I I really enjoy the um, significance of this room and, of course, stuff to come, that this was something hinted at earlier on because I know that there is a lot of stuff that pointed out that Dumbledore finding, you know, the room one time by accident was pointed out in a previous movie and book, I believe. So mm-hmm. so that, that's something that I, I really like, that this, that this magical room exists and it's sort of... And even in the movie, they point out that, that, that Hogwarts is trying to help them. So I, I actually like that, and I really think that it's a cool cool thing, because I'm not to delve too, too deeply into it, but it feels like almost the holodeck from Star Trek, and that is, I think, you can probably count on your hands the number of times Star Trek's been mentioned on this podcast, and that would probably make number five. So... <laughs> I, we don't talk about it that much, so no, it's it's don't. just but I'm like that that seri- it's not it's like saying, the, not saying that it's not a good series. exactly, but yes. saying that if it it is the magical version of the holodeck to an extent. Okay. So that would be mine. Okay. What would yours be? Um, I'm also because the guest was allowed to do it. I'm gonna do it too. Mm, uh, I can't <laughs> I can't not allow this. This isn't fair. <laughs> well, honestly. It's really hard for me to always just pick one just because there's just so much fun and exciting things in these books and and movies. Um, So I would have to say that the, the thrust, I would say it wrong, Thestrals. um, You got it that time. Thank you. They, they, yes, I would have to agree. They're definitely one of my favorite things in this movie. They're just so sweet and you know it was so cute the way like when she when when Luna throws down the apple and the things like I don't want that and then she throws down that big slab of meat and it gobbles it up <laughs> yes 
And it's just they're so cool. Not disturbing at all. I, I know, but they're cute. They are cute. I do love them. And I have to have an honorable mention is the cat plates in Umbridge's office. I absolutely can get distracted just rewinding that scene and just watching in the background the cats like going in and out of the plates and, and moving around. And it's just, I love cats, but you know. But it's just, it's really, really cool. I don't like her, but I, I like her kitties. I'm so. sure I'll get, we'll get into a long discussion about her as a villain character. Person oh, yes, I'd love to talk about her more. Um, but yes, so, but I like the little kitties. All right, so up next, our guests will take the spotlight once again mm-hmm. for what is your house. And if you yes. know your Patronus, which yes. I feel has been pointed out before, sir, but by all means enlighten us once again yes please i am a proud hufflepuff yeah i I fully fully embrace the the yellow and black the badger you know it is it's something where when i was a lot younger when i read the books the first time i didn't identify as hufflepuff but as i've gotten older i'm definitely totally truly a hufflepuff and forever will be until i die and as far as my Patronus, I did the quiz on Pottermore, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I got something called an, an Abizen Hound. And oh. uh, it's an intelligent and independent dog, but is known to be a clown. They are quiet until they need to alert people of danger. So that was mine. I, uh, it's an interesting choice, uh, but it's better than some of my kids got what they got. Oh, what they get. Uh, one of my kids got a rat, and they were not happy about it at all. <laughs> um, Amber Amber Ray from say, um, yeah. from Into the Portal got she a rat got a as rat. well, yeah. and was not happy about it. Yes, poor rats. <laughs> they just don't get any love. So I, I was waiting for you to. I'm to, not going to attack you yet. Uh-oh. No, no, no! Oh. I said I was waiting for you to be like Hufflepuff Unite. Yes. Um, as stated before, yes. I, read to, I took the official Pottermore test, yes. and I am a Hufflepuff as well. So, yay. And my Patronus is a Calico cat. So, so yes, but I'm Ellie. I'm surprised by the cat. I'm surprised that your Patronus is a cat. It, it, I called that beforehand, though. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. I said tiger, though, well, but yeah. still cat family. Big so. difference. Got it. All right. All right, drum roll, because I don't know what this is, by the way. Yeah, she refused to tell me. I have not told Zinger what my house is or my Patronus. To make it even worse, she um she kind of scampered off with one of our daughters at one point <laughs> to, to be like... <laughs> well, because our oldest, of course, not the young ones, but um, they found out that mom was doing all this, so they had to do it too. Yes. Yes, so... I'm a Slytherin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yes. But you know, a lot of great wizards came from Slytherin. Here's here's the proof. Wow, it's signed even. I, um, it's signed. No, it's just joking. Like how how official it was. Well, I, I tried doing this several times. (laughs) And, um, I guess... I've I've told the story before. You're about, a mean person. You're hateful. Uh, no, actually, you know what? Fine, we're gonna break this down. Um, since you're gonna be a jerk, I never said I was being I'm, a jerk. I'm going to my Hogwarts house right now. All right. Okay. 
You, you, I know this is an audio medium, but you might hear my eyes rolling right now. <laughs> so I, I feel like that you need to understand that there's a lot of great qualities to um, my house. Thank okay. you very much. So I'm, I'm owning it. Um, basically, we are um, cunning. Okay. That's, that's okay. That's a trait. <laughs> Ambitious. Mm-hmm. Resourceful. Very true. Okay. Very true. I don't like this next one, but I'm going to say it just because it's not fair to leave it out. All right. Shrewd. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> and very determined. Yeah, I can see that as well. So, so I'm, I'm just giving up and I'm just owning. Embrace it. I'm just embracing that I'm a Slytherin. I definitely was Harry Potter in... I was chanting, not Slytherin, not Slytherin. But apparently the Sorting Hat just does not like me as much as Potter. What's the line? There's not an evil witch or wizard that hasn't come from that house. (laughs) So, yes. So, Slytherin is my house. Um, Where's my snake set? And then I have to move forward. And then my, would you like to guess what my Patronus is? I don't even know. You asked what mine was to... Well, yeah, okay. I haven't really figured you'd be some kind of dog, but it's it's okay. I'm a black and white cat. Fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. If I remember correctly, um, this is weird because, once again, flashing back to the previous episode of our Potter stuff, um, Andrew was... Also, I believe a black and white cat. Yeah, a, a cat of some sort. Yeah, I think he, he I, was. He was a black. And yeah, white I was gonna cat. say. I yeah. think he was a black. Yeah, because I pointed well. out the calico cat, and I'm like, I don't know how a white um, Patronus would right. would distinguish, but whatever. <laughs> you would just have different shades of, of white ish. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so that's mine. Um, I, I do know that our um, older daughter did get Ravenclaw, yes. and her Patronus was a hedgehog, yes. which I then proceeded to make uh, Sonic references, which she did not get whatsoever, yeah, she did so not get. I was disappointed in the fact that mm. when I asked her, does, does, does your hedgehog move around at the speed of sound? And she's <laughs> like, no, I don't think it does, and I'm like, never mind. It's Okay. I won't fault her for not being a Sonic fan. I, I, I don't fault anyone for not being a Sonic fan, yes. but if you are, good kudos to you on that one. Kudos to you. Um, so, yes, so so this movie, mm-hmm. this movie um, is, I uh, do I want to say vastly different from the book? Yes, you do. Okay, there we go. I was, <laughs> I was going to let the guest to determine whether I can say that. Do you not remember know. what he said at the beginning of this podcast? Oh, no, I know, I know. I just okay. wanted to give a chance. So, um, <laughs> so I'm sure there will be a meaty part at the end of a, here's the following stuff that was not included, or here's the following stuff that was missed. Right. But, of course, we'll probably do it throughout this. So I guess if we want to give a quick overview of the plot, I will hand the mic over to David for this one if he is willing and ready for this oh sure i can handle that a uh, quick overview of the plot is harry uh, does magic outside of school grounds and gets in trouble for it and there's a big hearing and 
they go to the Ministry of Magic, and Dumbledore steps in, but Harry hasn't really heard from, like, anybody during the summer as, you know, promising to write as usual. Nothing's going on. Who knows what's happening? Dumbledore defends him, uh, and they reinstate him to be able to go back to school, but Dumbledore still doesn't want to even look at him or talk to him. And then Harry is... uh, Harry gets to go to uh, the Order of the Phoenix's headquarters, which is uh, the Blacks' household. And from there, they go to school. And this is really terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no, it's it's fine. Like, like with the Star Wars ones, we did a terrible job of describing no. So it's as long as you get it vaguely close. Couldn't be worse something. than mine last time. I, I don't I, – I, weren't you doing, like, a rap or something? <laughs> like a Like a – like 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 an acapella like um Heck what yeah. is it what is it called the um I was doing one of those like the the poetry battle poetry slam yeah, yeah. you were, you, were, you did it in poetry slam sti- right. style and it didn't start out that way it was creepy don't do it again <laughs> I'm but, sorry uh, I need a bongo so, Harry returns to school uh, and he's joined by the newest defense of the against the defense against the dark arts professor Dolores Umbridge Boo. who who is there for the ministry um, who is now interfering in the school uh, school processes and they're not supposed to use magic and they start having these decrees and they're not learning anything to defend themselves and people are people are mad at Harry because uh, they think Harry's a liar, and that Dumbledore is a liar, and that uh, Voldemort is not back. But then things start happening, and it's kind of to the point where Harry has to take it upon himself to start his own little group to learn defensive spells. Uh, they call it Dumbledore's Army, just kind of as a joke, uh, which comes into play later. And... Uh, Dolores Umbridge starts having like more power over the school. She starts, uh, she gets rid of like Trelawney from her position, and then she, eventually they try and get Dumbledore because it's revealed uh, about Dumbledore's army that Harry is leading. And Dumbledore's like, "Yep, I totally told Harry to do that." He disappears, which again, in Hogwarts a history, you are not supposed to be able to apparate out of Hogwarts, but Ooh. Dumbledore does it. Uh, and then Umbridge is, is uh, in charge, and then things start going south. Uh, we have uh, Harry starts dreaming about uh, Sirius Black being caught in the Department of Mysteries, and Voldemort's going to kill him. He's looking for a prophecy. He and a few of his Order of the Phoenix, but or uh, Dumbledore Army buddies. Uh, all fly there on Thestrals. They have this big giant fight uh, between themselves and the uh, the Order and the Death Eaters. Uh, Sirius Black dies. No, no. A <laughs> uh, big fight with uh, Dumbledore and Voldemort, and uh, the prophecies destroyed. There's some a lot of changes from the book to the movie, uh, and then Harry is. Uh, Harry kind of has like this whole new thing of, you know, we have something worth fighting for and Voldemort doesn't. And hopefully that will see him through the next two chapters. And three movies. Yes. 
Um, so, yeah, so if you have not seen the movie, which I don't understand why you would listen to a podcast um, overview of it, but there is a... Just for our amazing personalities. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But um, <laughs> if you had not watched the movie, there is a very impromptu done version of it. And not a Poachley Slam version of it, which, David, thank you. <laughs> so, so yeah, so um, I, I really just want to jump into to, uh, what's the difference and what they missed, but I'm I'm gonna try to save it. No, I'm go, I'm gonna try to save you? it as long as I can this time. Um, <sighs> the 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 beginning with with Harry, it's it's kind of I I I I, I liked it because it was it was a nice way to pick up with him being frustrated and obviously being upset over things, and then Dudley not making it any better. And then, of course, the Dementors were a big thing in, um, of course, two movies previous, and something that Harry has obviously had more um, of an ability to um, kind of keep away to an extent. I, I, I like that how it showed that that he was a lot more capable of doing the Patronus charm and everything, and wasn't like incapacitated instantly by them. So I, I like that in the beginning of the movie, showing that. Um, Going to the Ministry of Ma- uh, him, him getting basically kicked out of the house, or him getting kicked out of school and then basically leaving the house. There we go. I got those right now. Was kind of a, just a quick. Let's move from point A to point B to point like like let's 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 move this along. Uh, it was cool mm-hmm. to see Mad Eye Moody. We were introduced to a lot of new characters, including uh, Nymphadora Tonics, mm-hmm. Tonic, Tonk. Tonks. Tonks. I can't ever say that right. It's not a drink. I mean, Thank I guess you. you could make it a drink, but you could, you could. There, there. Someone make that that as a drink and tell us what the <laughs> terrible ingredients that went into it are. Um, it actually, it would have to be a drink that randomly changes color. I mean, that would be cool. It would be. It would be really cool. Um, you're introduced to her, but they basically they don't really give much introduction to, to a lot of them. They assume you remember who Mad-Eye Moody is. Right. She's introduced. There are a lot of other ones that are introduced. Uh, Lupin kind of pops up, too. But they, of course, take Harry back to Grimmauld Place. There's the Okay. Whole... Can I stop you there? Okay. Like, let's dig into some topics. You're, okay, you're dig basically... in. Dig in there. No, I was waiting for someone to stop me. You're basically I was waiting. doing another story. You fell into my, you fell into my trap. No. You fell into my trap. I wanted someone to stop me and be like, okay, well, let's dig into this scene. Okay, bullcrap. But, so, let's talk about some of these fantastic characters in a little bit more detail. I, uh, I detailed them all, and David did as well. He said, they're I, the Order of the Phoenix. What more information could you possibly gain from that? Let's talk about Umbridge. We haven't gotten to her yet, so we cannot. Yes, we can. So, she is... is Okay, no, no, no. Before you start, I'm interrupting you like I normally do, but this is a very important thing before we even get into the description. Okay, one. Just make more people mad. One, post on Twitter. I want want Twitter, Facebook, wherever you can (sighs) find us responses. Is Dolores Umbridge or Voldemort a worse villain in your mind? I hate Umbridge way more than I ever hated Voldemort. Just throwing that out there. Mm. I exactly, David. Your opinion? Uh, I concur. I hate Umbridge way more than I hate Voldemort. <laughs> but is that because you like Ralph? <laughs> He's such a good actor, but she plays it so horribly. I mean, so well that you hate her. So see, she mm-hmm. that so, that gives her. But I I did in the book too. I hated her in the book. Oh my gosh, way she's more. awful. 
Way more than she's, I ever did Voldemort. She's skin crawlingly just. Ugh. It's it's. I feel it's that she thinks she's doing the right thing the whole time. That really bo- bothers me the most. I think too. It, I don't know. Maybe. I maybe mean, well, yes. I mean, she obviously is very ministry. You know, whatever. But this is the right way to do it. <laughs> God dang it. I, I nailed it. You you did. You did. <laughs> nailed it. But you didn't answer the question, Ellie. Maybe you're avoiding that because you're a Slytherin and you don't want to show your true feelings. Oh, well, then I would... Well, yeah, I would like Voldemort more than, of course, if I... If I... Uh, since I'm a Slytherin, but... As you would, Death Eater. And and I, I would definitely be part of the organization, the... Um, what was it? The Inquisitor... High Inquisitors. Yes, the squad there. Um, I can we talk about the minor torture? You are torture? avoiding the question, <laughs> Ellie. We are not going to move on. I'm not answering it. Where is my Thor hammer? Ah, there it is. You're lucky the babies are not asleep yet. <laughs> Zygmunt's court has come to order. Ellie, you are on trial at the moment. Answer the question. Is who is the worst? Who is the worst villain in this? I will not answer the question. You cannot plead I, the fifth. I plead the fifth. I just said you cannot. I plead the fifth educational decree. That isn't even a decree. Hold on, hold on. Let me scroll down to the book ones. <laughs> that isn't even a decree. You cannot plead that. Who is the worst villain? I don't know. You don't know. No. There is an obvious answer to this. Okay. And let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Okay. And also let us know what you think of Ellie being a Slytherin and she's being deceitful right now. I'm being cunning and ambitious and all the other great shrewd comments of stuff. All right. Well, I guess um, as always, another Zygnus Court has come to has come to order. And with no 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 judgment made this time, but okay. I, I will keep this in mind for next time. So once again, as far as Umbridge, so do we want to talk about the minor torture that's going on? Which one? There's a list, technically. Okay. There's the whole with her writing the quill writing yeah. stuff. Um, also, she of course tries to do the one curse. And if you notice, there is mention of it in the movie where uh, Snape points out that he's fresh out of the truth serum or the truth potion stuff, which means that she mm-hmm. has been using that. Right. So, yes, well, yeah, there's, 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 there's three quick ones right off the top. Yeah. Name more. I, I just said there's three quick ones. I don't have any I more off the top of my head. I don't think you can name any more. <laughs> no, fine. Go on. <laughs> no, you're the one that said there was a whole bunch. Uh, three's a bunch. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I think it was interesting how, you know, this, it was just, I don't know, it was kind of weird to see this play out. Because I remember I, I was a later, later reading the books. Uh-huh. So a lot of these movies I saw first um, and, and then I read the books. But I was blown away that this woman, you know, is in there and having these kids just... And the one scene where they're sitting there and you could see the hands when they were mm-hmm. healing, yeah. it was like... To me, that's crazy 
that that was happening and everybody was okay with that you know when she was questioned and she's like are you questioning if you're questioning my methods you're questioning the the ministry itself thus that scene was great between her and mcgonagall yes I because they were it was, they were on the stair actually that, that should have been up there in my top moments um i just enjoyed the way that they shot it the cinematography of it to where mm -hmm. she you know they they were kind of moving up the stairs to kind of get the I'm going to take higher ground over you during this argument, both in the sense of the debate, but also in the sense of I will physically be higher than mm -hmm. you in this. So, so that 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 was that was a great scene. But yes, yes, on that, yes. And and I I love the colors, just how, just how feminine and and just pink and cutesy. Like she was such a horrible person, but you know just the contrast of her being. So girly, it was it was interesting and to see so, that. And um, so, I I also kind of want to say she's almost mis misleading to an extent too, in that she seems like this unopposing mm -hmm. individual too. Right. And that throat clearing that, that and everything. Oh man, that that just like when she did it during during Dumbledore's sort of right thing when she's first introduced was well, sorry, not first introduced. When you see her at Hogwarts, right. to where it's like he's like what. What did you just do? <laughs> you you interrupted me. Excuse me. <laughs> but yeah, so so David, do you have any thoughts on on our apparently not as evil as Voldemort according to Ellie? <laughs> I just didn't answer. Uh, <laughs> your silence you know, is damning. It, it's it's one of those things where when you when you see Umbridge, you like I. I, I don't know. Like, there's only a few, like, characters in movies or television that I can really see, like, pulling off all pink. And Umbridge <laughs> just is, is that revolting one where it's like, get her off my screen. <laughs> but the, the, the one that really sticks out in my mind is I think it's a first or second year Gryffindor. Like, really young kid has apparently had to do lines and he's sitting there outside and Harry's trying to like really console him. And it's like, Harry, I, I, you know, Harry's fifth year, he's gone through a lot of crap and this is just more crap on top of it. But for that poor, like first or second year, having that kind of like just torment and torture done, it's, it, it's, it's, it hurts. It's heartbreaking to see mm -hmm. that. Right. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely is. And then of course, it's really briefed over in the movie, but she does have the High Inquisitors, which mm -hmm. are, I think, um, almost all Slytherins in yep. the movie. Yep. I'm pretty sure in the book, too. And I know something that is skipped in the... Okay, okay, fine. It took this long. It took this long. This is something that's sort of skipped in the movie, but both uh, Ron and Hermione are prefects, which yes. is not pointed out in the movie, and that kind of when they become high, when uh, when they get the high inquisitors, it sort of nixes anyone who's a pre. It kind of like goes, "Oh, cool, you're a prefect. It still doesn't matter. We we rank above you." Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, that that's something that got briefed over. But yeah, that, them getting appointed, it was it was that quick montage of you know the kids learning how to do new spells and um, umbrage, putting more enforcement out on the out on the student body, and Dumbledore sitting in his office twirling his wand, going. What, going, uh, where are you, Voldemort? I, I met him staring at a map, going, he's there! <laughs> now, I, I do have a question. I, I want right. to throw it out there, because I've always had issues 
it both in the book and the movie version and so i was trying to really stick to the movies on on this one you know play by the zing this rules which are no um, rules <laughs> zinger doesn't play by it so you're hence okay. why i have zinger court where i can make and break any rules i want <laughs> but here here's my issue all right for for all of goblet of fire all right professor moody is barty crouch jr and here he is as actual Mad-Eye Moody in Order of the Phoenix. And Harry Potter has this relationship with this character that he's never interacted with on a any level, whether it's in the book or the movie. He has never interacted with him. He's, he welcomes him as Professor Moody. He never taught you at all. Nope. I don't get it. I do like that's the one of the biggest things where it's like, you don't have that relationship yet. You act like you he, he taught you for a year. It is weird, and I think we pointed that out too in the previous discussion on um, on Goblet of Fire. That like, how weird would that be to think that you know someone for an entire year and then you don't? Or maybe Barty Crouch Jr. is just doing that good of an impression yeah. of Moody. That's what I mean. That in my opinion, that's how I take it as I, that. He, he developed a relationship with Moody, even though it wasn't Moody, but in it it's was... It's still got to be weird, To though. him, it was Moody. Yeah. You know? And um, I, I think that's why that there is that kind of, you know, relationship there. That, but it is weird, though. I, I definitely agree, but I think that's how I to explain it to myself. He, he's not best buds with them, but he's still trusting him a lot right. more than, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you should, right. I guess, to an extent. Or, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it is a weird thing, though. It is a, definitely a weird mm-hmm. thing that, that doesn't get resolved, really. Um, one, that, and the next step. I think it's, yeah, it would be the next, it's the next movie. Foreshadowing. Okay. Or, or just read, or just read or watch the next movie. You know what I'll talk, I'm talking about. Great character, though. Um, yeah, so I, I think that that is a good point. Um, I, I, I like um, just kind of jumped around now. Um, I like Grimmauld Place. I think that the way it's revealed is pretty cool. I like that it's oh, yeah. kind of an older wizard house, too. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's weird though that it's surrounded by a ton of Muggle homes, and it's like supposed to be, you know. Sirius Black's family is supposed to be this like illustrious, you know, pure blood, you know, all this stuff from the um, the Wizarding world, but yet they'd surround themselves with Muggles, sort of thing. I don't know, just or maybe the Muggles moved in later. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I and and um, creature very um, gets gets like what one scene in this? Uh, uh, two scenes, but yeah, yeah he's definitely definitely. Um doesn't play the role that he he does in the books yes but um so so that's i i i I like this i also like that you got fred and george being able to use magic and they're just constantly are bothering their mother with it (laughs) yes Uh, it's cute uh on that note it's cool to see them i i really enjoy them and of course we'll get to their scene i'm sure in a little bit but the other thing did jenny weasley have a line in this movie that's a good question. Because I'm, I'm like, I kept seeing her, and I'm like, I think she talked like once or twice. There are some actors and actresses in these movies that do 
like are just there because their character is supposed to be there and it's just it's weird because i'm like i feel in the books they had a lot more interaction which i understand for the sake of a two-hour movie you do have to cut stuff but yeah, uh, yeah this i was is, just this is the this is the longest one of the longest books but the shortest movies Yes, and when we get to the, I guess, the book discussion, I, I have a question because I thought I remember hearing something, and I want to know if either of you know anything about it because I failed to look it up, so shame on me, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, I don't know I, if you... I feel like Ginny had to have had one line, at least I, one. I think she had, like, one or two at some point, but it was just one of those things where I was, like, I was, like, sitting there, like, right. like she didn't really, I mean, she's she's there, because I'm like, oh, hey, Jenny's in this scene. Oh, hey, Jenny's in this. Cause, I mean, they're making it a point that she is becoming a very powerful witch, just yes. because of, you know. Things to she, come. Yeah, when she's, well, I mean, in this movie in particular, she really nails the one spell, because they have her do it. Reducto? Yeah. yeah. They mm-hmm. have her do it in the room of requirement, and then they make sure to show her doing it again, when they're at the prophecy yeah the prophecy room so they're trying to hint at you know oh she's going to be quite a speaking of the ministry of magic i'm going to take this opportunity since we're just kind of discussing different stuff you can't answer this because i've mentioned it to you uh so david did you catch the cameo of a certain writer oh yes when they were at the ministry of magic originally Oh my gosh. Um I did look up somebody that I thought looked familiar to me um when they were getting into the elevator. I thought it was actually Guillermo del Toro. All right. But it, it was totally not Guillermo del Toro and I was a bit disappointed. But no, I do not know the the person you are re- re- referencing. You are that is the person we're referencing, but do you know who it is? I looked up the actor's name, but I wasn't familiar with them. I thought that that was supposed to be uh George R R Martin. No, it's not George R. R. Martin. I it, thought it was. Actual, it's a professional actor who's who's done a lot of work, but not anything that I'm familiar with. Because I thought it was Del Toro. I I thought it was George R. R. Martin because he had the dragon and everything. <laughs> nope. It was um is and I thought it was Del Toro because he was supposed it, it, he was on tap for Prisoner of Azkaban yeah. and decided not to do it. Well, never but mind then. Apparently, it, it is not it is not George R. R. Martin. I thought it was because I was like, oh, it, I, th- that guy looks like George R. R. Martin. It must be George R. R. Martin because he has the dragon. So there's a reference to to that. Ellie is currently looking it up, I think. No, I'm not. Oh, okay, never mind. Well, <laughs> shame on me and um, uh, false information avoided then. Yay for yay for, for David. Actually, us picking up the same person, but I, I didn't look it up because I was like, oh, yeah, I, that that's him. So disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in me too. So 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 let's let's move on. Okay. David, do you have any topics <laughs> that you want to point out right now? Um, I'm, I'm again trying to stay away from the book stuff. I I will say that some of the the choices in the movie, like, and it, this movie came out. It's it's hard to believe the movie came out of eleven years ago at this point. Wow. And. Some of the some of the graphics you can really tell are are aged, but the the whole subplot with Hagrid and Grop is one of the things that I really wish I could just kind of fast forward through because it's not it, it's that one storyline where I wish they had chosen a different like subplot to go with rather than that one. Like 
sure throw in that Hagrid's been like looking for the giants, but you could you could have done without Grop. Like you could have had the centaurs just take uh, take Umbridge at the end without including Grop and and just gone right over that. Yes, cannot. Yes, I want to piggyback on that. Um, just to point out real quick, apparently the actor who did do that scene, Ellie did look this up. It is. N- <laughs> I couldn't help it. I'm Nick- sorry. Yeah, any any opportunity to 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 bring me down a few pegs. Um, <laughs> apparently he is he is in the Game of Thrones season two. Ep- yes, and he is the Spice King. Yes. Yes, so, that's right. So yes. there okay. is. A George R. R. Martin link, at least. So, <laughs> seven degrees of George yes. R. R. Martin. Yes, that's what I meant to say the whole time is that oh, he was right. actually in that. Yes, yes, that's. Yes, that's Zinger what, can't be wrong. Okay, that's Zinger, what it Zinger was. can't be wrong on that. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so piggybacking. I'm piggybacking. Um, I don't like Grop. Ellie, get off his back. I know. I don't like him at all. I don't. I don't like that whole scene i think it looks terrible um being that we're in the fifth movie a lot of the special effects and everything are really starting to look really good Mm -hmm. you you know it's it's definitely been it gets more and more polished of course as we go on and i just thought this looked it just didn't look of the quality as a lot of the other special effects i just i wasn't impressed with it and 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 kind of like you said david it's it's just it's not necessary. I mean, I, I see why they tried to kind of add it in there, but it's just, I definitely could have just been without that that whole mm-hmm. part of it. No, it had to be there, of course, for the stuff that, with, with Umbridge and the centaurs and all that stuff. No, no, like David mentioned, it's you could have done that without. This is, because I know we're going to get into the other stuff that's missing, like, of course, um... I think it goes without saying Quidditch is the is the thing that is beaten the most, like beaten out of the movies the most out mm-hmm. of everything, is Quidditch, mm-hmm. um, which is completely out of this one. Harry gets a lifetime ban if I'm remembering correctly during this by Umbridge. Yep, Harry, Harry gets a lifetime ban, and Ron actually is a member of the team for the first time, and you know that sets up for for like this movie and and a few others or mm-hmm. for the next one i believe with yes. ron being on the team but yep. it's it's definitely one of those those you know writing choices where they're writing the movie and they they leave things out just like they left out a item that shows up in a, a future movie they left it out of this movie completely in fact i i rewatched the movie thinking i had missed it and apparently i didn't they just didn't bother to include it in the movie Don't this time. Say what it is, Ellie. Do you know what the item is that is completely left out of this movie? No, it's been a while since I've read the books. Sirius gives Harry a mirror. Okay. Which actually, weirdly enough, in a future movie is a relevant plot point and plot <laughs> device, but yet is completely ignored in this movie because it was never pointed out, given or anything. Not not even in it. So. Gotcha. Just wanted to see if you, because when he said that, I was like, "Oh, I remember what that is." But yeah, um, I think probably we're already getting to what what the difference is. Point, but but we will trudge on. Um, I don't know if I, I I enjoyed Snape in this movie. I thought this was another movie where he wasn't going to be in it that much again. And then of course the Aquamancy lessons and stuff like that. I'm like, oh yeah, that that's right. He's in this a lot mm-hmm. more than I think he than I thought he was. 
mm-hmm. I enjoy that. And yes, you did bring up a great point, Ali. That does set up a lot of stuff for, of course, the next book slash movie and, of course, the relationship that Snape had with um, Harry's father and why he he has that um, sunny disposition, as I shall put it, towards right. Harry. And also, right. um, as we will see in later movies, there's another thing playing there. But but I, I did like 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 that scene myself as well because I thought it was a nice interaction between the two of them for a movie that once again Snape was there doing stuff but was not super front lines and all this. Well, it, it's per per se. I I think it's it was great in the fact that it kind of showed showcased Harry as once again such a up-and-coming powerful wizard yes that somebody that is a master at this stuff can just turn around after only what one or two small lessons he could enter his mind i'd always assumed there was more lessons that we just didn't see montage scene that we didn't see in the movie either i don't think so because in the movie they they make it portrayed as like we need to hurry up and and train him because before it's too late. So I don't think they had a lot of time. They were pretty rushed to try to get as much, um, you know, train him as much as possible. So I think it was amazing of how quickly, like, Harry could, even though Harry wasn't doing as good of a job at first of blocking him out. Yes. But that he could turn around and and do it to Snape. I thought it was really cool to kind of show that that growing power inside of Harry. Interesting. I don't know anybody. Anybody else? I no. I think that, that that's a good point. I just figured. I figured that they just skipped over a few of the lessons by not showing them to us. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, yeah, there might have been a couple sessions, but I don't think they had a lot of time to really work on it. Yeah. So, I don't know if you had anything for that, David. Uh, I can't recall because it's been a while since I've read the book. Uh, when they start and how long they have, I I I always assume that it kind of falls to the wayside after Dumbledore like leaves mm-hmm. uh, that Snape would be like, well, I'm I've tried and I'm done and I quit, especially after he gets his mind, uh, you know, Harry gets to see <laughs> his, his right. memories. So, yeah, I, I think the movie condenses it a bit, but I think at the same time, like Ellie is saying, as far as making Harry a powerful wizard, like you've got to see that on the screen to be, to believe that Harry even has a chance to even stand up to Dumbledore, or not Dumbledore, to Voldemort, because in the last one, he kind of barely escapes with with Cedric and, and the portkey and whatnot, and he's got to really have that... you got to have the audience buy into, okay, Harry can be that, you know, match or equivalent to Voldemort at some point. So I wanted to go. I want. I had something else I definitely wanted to say. Going back to the Umbridge hate train, um, <laughs> on that the I, I mentioned the whole montage scene of showing like her putting up the the educational decrees and all that stuff and her. Now now here's something I I really did um, I really didn't like was her sort of going to the different teachers and speaking to each of them when she talked to Snape. And was sort of, and she was she doing was evaluating this. Evaluating them. Yeah, and she was doing this in the middle of their classes, which I'm like, yeah, I thought was hilarious because Snape's like sitting there and he's oh, obviously very yes. irritated <laughs> about being, you know, well, you, awesome. you applied for the dark arts and haven't gotten it, blah, blah, blah. and then he smacks Ron when she leaves for like no reason, too. Um, and of course the the um, 
the dismissing of Trelawney, I thought, was was a great scene to have, even though it was not capitalized by putting the centaur in as the teacher instead, which I think was a huge thing that should have at least been touched on to at least shown a scene with them in 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 that class with the centaur instead. Because I thought it would have been cool to see on screen, but what do I know? What do you know? Apparently you know what that scene looks like. <laughs> so No, I, I just wanted to point that one out because I was like, that, that that's a cool thing that happened in the books that's not very really touched on in the movies. Right. And kind of has a little bit to do with the whole centaur thing um, with, with the fight in the woods, which, like I said, the centaurs, I feel, are really cool magical creatures. So that's why, of course, I picked that as one of my favorite scenes because, um, yeah, the, the whole umbrage versus them was um, very one-sided to an extent their side of course the centaurs but but yeah um i i just wanted to point point that one out real quick because I, I i really like that in the book and i'm really sad that it didn't get brought up in the movie and also it kind of didn't touch on how important charlani was in the sense of with the prophecy and everything you can kind of put it together right. but it's more stated in the books and stuff and yeah. also i thought it was a great moment for dumbledore to show that he still has control over Parts of the school, but also to show how lunatically crazy she's becoming because she's like, for now. Yes. No, yeah, that's cool. And once again, just, 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 just mm, great act, great that's acting, great yes. acting job to, to just, oh man, because I remember reading in the books, I'm like, I hate this person so much. So when I saw the movie, I was like, they did it perfectly because I just, every time they were on scene, I was like, ah. Yeah, that's just me. But, but anyways, um, I don't know if you guys want to jump to the fight at the end. Well, before that, let's let's talk about the prophecy for a second because right. I have I have to stick up for my favorite character who gets completely like dismissed from the prophecy, and that's Neville Longbottom's exclusion from it because the the whole thing is is that Voldemort made a choice on who he was going to mark, and it was between. Harry Potter and Neville Longbottom mm -hmm. and he chose Harry because Harry is a half-blood similar to him rather than a full-blooded lineage wizard like the Longbottoms were and it's it's really it's really frustrating that Neville kind of got shunted off on that side and not only that you don't get to see his his parents beyond the original picture of the order yes because they they dismissed uh that that whole scene of going to St. Mungo's and seeing Neville's parents there and his grandmother, which would also have been really cool to have met her. Uh, but it's, it's just, it's disappointing when there's so much good stuff in the book. And again, we, I go back to, you know, the inclusion of like the Grop storyline where it's like, you could have taken that out and given us a little bit more on some of these other characters because, mm -hmm. you know, as, as you say, like, Ginny doesn't have that many lines or you look in the background that's like, well, there's Ginny, there's Neville, there's Luna doing their thing. But at the same time, it's, it's just so hard to get more from them. Like, you'll you'll see a look from Ginny uh, on the bridge uh, when they're talking about, oh, Cho couldn't take her eyes off you. And yes. you see this look that yes. Ginny gives, like, this, this like, what kind of look yeah yeah but you, you don't get more than that and and i think that's where this movie could have done with an extra 10 15 minutes of time just to expand on more of these characters that you've gotten to know over the past four especially with 
with how they've removed characters completely and given given their lines or their their thematic like elements to them and it's like just give them a little bit more show them a little bit more they they hint at what happened to Neville's parents with the Cruciatus curse but I want more for my for my Neville but he gets his later on in the series I 100% agree with you I feel that Neville is robbed in this movie I feel that would have been a better scene if they had shown that to show the significance of when he runs into Bellatrix because mm-hmm. he, he's like Bellatrix that's Bellatrix like it would have had more significance in my mind for him to like have that interaction with her and have that stuff if, if you got to see his parents and everything and mm-hmm. what, what had happened to them and, and you know that that, that that he of course in the prophecy is, is the course sort of other side of this coin and at the same time we would have had the return of Gilderoy Lockhart technically mm-hmm. as well in that scene but but yes i i do feel like that is the that 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 is another thing that has robbed from this movie is a simple scene that that i think goes a longer way in the long run of the move i mean of the books and of course the movies can't have it because it's not there but the prophecy yes um so with the prophecy um the prophecy of course is going to be acted out by our good friend from the blurry photos podcast david flora so david flora not ginsburg (laughs) take it away the one with the power to vanquish the dark lord approaches Born to those who have thrustified him, born as the seventh month dies. And the Dark Lord will mark him as his equal, but he will have the power the Dark Lord knows not. And neither must die at the hand of the other, for neither can live while the other survives. And the one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord will be born as the seventh month I just want to once again thank uh, David Flora, or thank Ginsburg at the end, for, um, of course, from the blurry photos, for acting out that, once again, reprising his role as Trelawney from his previous time acting it out during our Prisoner of Azkaban episode. <laughs> This this prophecy, this is this is what kind of sealed her. I guess skipping ahead while skipping backwards while skipping around in these movies because of course, uh, Rowling does a good job of doing a lot of callbacks. As once again we will get to in later movies, and this is one where it's starting to really pay off. Um, Trelawney's prophecy, as David did point out, did sort of left it ambiguous as to the Dark Lord gets to mark his equal. Mm-hmm. That that was his choice, and of course, as David already said, he chose Harry over, of course, Neville. But in the end, uh, Neville kind of plays a part. In any, anyways, that, that, it's a discussion for a different movie. I really like this prophecy because it's it's I I I, I really enjoy the fact that and I know this will come up in another one that he he the Dark Lord is the kind of like he's he's in full control of what he can do. It's sort of. I, I like that that it's sort of saying here's the future, but you sort of make this future. Like, could he have just ignored this and gone on and been technically fine? That's that's the that's the big question. Is the I don't know if the future is set in stone in this world, so it's kind of like, are you acting it out or you? I don't know. I, I just I just think it's interesting the whole prophecy stuff. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know if you had any thoughts, Ellie. Um, I mean, no, it's. 
it's pretty straightforward. Um, you know, the whole one can't live if the other one survives. And talk about dark and awesome, like, yeah, exactly. prophecy stuff right there. And, and I love the way at the end of the movie, you know, Dumbledore's like, yeah, I've known about it the whole time. <laughs> I, I just uh, just didn't want to, you know, bum you out. So it, it's, it's just, it's kind of funny, like you said, the way it's, these movies have really taken a, a huge turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just from now on, it's, it's game on. You know, everybody's, you know, getting ready to do what they have to do to survive and protect their family and all that. So it, it is, it's really, it's really cool. I do like it a lot. Well, the the reason that the prophecy is so important to Voldemort, the thing that he he never had the first time around, is because the prophecy was told from Trelawney to Dumbledore. And that's why uh, Lily and James Potter went into hiding. Uh, I think that's why uh, Neville Longbottom's parents got kind I think instead of tortured, or I'm not sure about that timeline, but that's why Voldemort wants it, because he hasn't heard the entire prophecy yet. Like, it's something that comes up, I believe, after the fact. Yeah, I know, I know this is something that, like I said, I know we're discussing it now, but I know we're going to rediscuss it in a future mm-hmm. episode. Right. I think next episode. I think it's the next book that deals with it a little bit more again. I think. I'm not sure off the top of my head right now. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, I like the prophecies. I like stuff like that. It's, it's very cool. And, and also the whole... Um, one one can't live while the other survives. Um, I'm going to do this, Ellie. Forgive me. Um, but it's almost like um, one shall stand, one shall fall. If you want a Transformers 1986 <laughs> movie reference. Oh, my God. Let it rest. No. <laughs> Never. Uh, oh, man. That, that, that was hard to get to, but I got there. Yeah. And it was worth it. No. It was worth it. Anyways. Um... Put it back on this shelf. Never. So, going back to the to, to the, I I just want to get to the fight at the end because it, it's very cool. The whole the whole um, Dumbledore's army versus the Death Eaters, the Death Eaters versus the Order of the Phoenix, the Voldemort versus um, Dumbledore. So, I I really like 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 the hall pro the the room of prophecies that just go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And there's so many and. And they all get destroyed, so that's kind of a bummer. But I, I, I really like that scene. I really like that that room and everything. I really like you know them kind of waiting through it. And I like the touch that Neville does find does find it too. Mm-hmm. I like that touch. Um, I don't know if it's important in the book. I don't. I can't, does he, he find the book too? I don't recall, but it has his name on it, which is why it's important because either Harry or Neville is the only one who can actually uh, like hear the prophecy because the only the one who the prophecies are about can can find them and retrieve them and whatnot so that's mm-hmm. so that's once again magic stuff cool touch there and of course the death eaters fight all of them of course the leading death eaters of course um so of course Malfoy and everything Lucius Malfoy and yeah once again how does he not get put in like in trouble, but then again, Azkaban got blown apart. So I, I, I don't know. It's it's one of these things. I ask questions. I already know the answer to. So I, <laughs> I like that. And I like the whole, 
um, them being held hostage or anything, and then and then the cavalry arrives with um with with the Order of the Phoenix, and then and then the saddest part in all the books and everything. I happens. can't. I can't. I. It's awful. It, it is. I like Sirius Black is one of my favorite characters. I love him. And the movie made it more definitive of what happened to him. Mm-hmm. Where the book was a sort of a, he just got hit by a spell and fell backwards. No, it was very touching in the movie. Like it, was, it, 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 it was well done. It's just the movie made it more definitive. Now nah, he's dead. Yeah. Where in the books it was this up in the air thing to where it was like right. he got hit with a That's spell. That's true. I remember yeah. reading it that never, part. It never says it's about a cadaver. It just says he got hit with a spell and fell backwards. You and Harry keeps think... thinking that he's just going to jump out from behind there and start fighting again. Well, it's mm-hmm. not just that. It's the fact that you think he there's a way he might be able to come back. Like you, yes. you, you have that hope but that w- he can come one back. One of the things that tugged on the heartstrings even more... During that scene, aside from the amazing acting by the acting by the human chameleon himself, Gary Oldman, um, <laughs> the part that tugged on the heartstrings more is: Did you notice what he said to Harry when he was blocking and fighting with him? Did you know? Did 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 you catch it? Did either of you catch what, what he said? Was it was it the nice one, James? Bingo! He calls him by his father's name because he's like he's he's so into you know. Remembering the good times, and it it just sets up for this sad scene for Sirius Black when he bites. It's it's sad for Harry, but it's sad for him too because he's like in his element again. He's he's, yeah. he's able to help out because don't forget, he's been somebody who's been sidelined for so long in the movies and the books. Has been someone who's been like, no, 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 you're a wanted criminal. You can't help out. You can't do this. You can't do that. And he just wanted to relive one more fight with his with his friend. And that's what I think makes the scene even sadder. The the amount of fan fiction and discussion that came out of that movie and the book alone with, oh, Sirius Black is going to show up in the next one. Sirius Black is going to show up in the next one. Yeah. There's a way to get him back. Like, I remember all of that discussion with, with everybody talking about because it is just – it's one of those things where it's just it, – uh, one a spell like you said it's just a spell it's not a definitive mm-hmm. spell he just falls through that the the curtain or the the gate or the shroud whatever you want to call it and it's and then especially with harry like harry having that mirror and trying to see if he can reach Sirius mm-hmm. at some point it's like nope but yeah it's uh it's definitely one of those things where you you start getting into this this war is going to have consequences and people are going to die and Sirius yep. is that first one. Yes, he is. Um, I, like I said, I think the movie did a good job of tugging at the heartstrings, you know, by, you know, getting them to, you know, be together and everything. You know, the whole, you know, he wants, he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to, you know, we're going to live here and everything and all this stuff. And then, like I said, I just, I just think, think, think the line of, you know, good one, James, and everything is just like, it just really just makes that scene just so heartbreaking. And it really captured, because I remember reading it in the book, and I had to keep on, I've read it several times over again, because I'm like, wait, what? What? Because I, I, I re- as a reader, was the same way Harry was. I'm like, he's going to jump back out. He has to. There's well, no they, way. they build up that relationship so much that you're like, really? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, ha- yeah. Harry gets so close to having 
that that like parental figure right. again and also it, it also goes into the fact that he didn't have like um dumbledore technically around mm-hmm. that much in this because because as we'll i'm sure touch on at the end the things with that but yeah that that was such a such a sad scene for me and um of course bellatrix being a relative of his killing him off too was also another like whoa moment too for the movies and of course the book but but yeah um Going from there, we of course have the the Harry going after her. Voldemort shows up, Dumbledore shows up, and then we have this fight, which is pretty epic, but I'm gonna be a little bit of a downer for a split second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone, I'm sorry. Um I'm gonna reference to another fantasy movie real quick when I kind of talk about this. The fight between Gandalf and Saruman. In the Lord of the Rings movie, it's a wizard fight. It's cool because you see him doing stuff, and, and, th- and that that one there, there's not as much stuff going on, like stuff flying around. But it's like I don't know what's really going on. It's just two old guys kind of wincing and yelling, and one of them suddenly has blood on his head, and then the other one's flying across the ground. This is vaguely the same, but there's at least a lot more going on with like fire and water and glass and stuff like that. But it's like there's these two guys fighting, and it's like they're not saying spells. It's just stuff's happening, and it's cool. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I, that's a bad call to bring. I'm, that I'm up. just saying it no. would be cool if, if if you heard like these awesome like. No. Oh, I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop you. So your oh, your 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 reference Lit to your stupid '80s movie, like I kind of get the reference of why you brought that up. This has no relevance to it. It's Wizard fights are confusing, Ellie. No. Without dice being rolled, you have no clue what's going on. I'm just saying you're trying, reference. To, you're trying to get some like silly, like, I'm a nerd, and, and here's this other wizard fight, and, I, and I just okay. want to have so, an excuse so to talk about So allow me to it. say this. If you laughed at that, congratulations. I know you now watch Big Bang Theory, because that is the equivalent of one of their jokes, is comparing one nerdy thing to another nerdy thing with no connection, but just you mentioning the two nerdy things. I'm just saying. Shots fired. That that fight was on a whole different. So was, you're telling me that my understanding of the magical abilities of the Harry Potter movies, I am not up to par with what that was showing me. No, what I'm saying is it has nothing to do with this particular scene. The 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 Lord of the Rings reference. No, it has nothing to do with this. It was a bad bad pull. All right, bad fine. pull, Justin. On that note, if you will commit this to memory, any longtime listeners of Zingness, whenever we finally do the Lord of the Rings series, <laughs> maybe I'll reverse bring this up then and have Ellie, Ellie oh yell at me gosh. then. Oh my gosh. No, it's silly. That it's it, it's that's just you know, that's like going there's this one Western movie and and, and see this Western movie because it had horses in it and, and there were cowboys and, and they were riding on horses and I'm off my game tonight, people. <laughs> What is wrong with you? I don't know. I have somebody staring at me who will not tell me if Dolores Umbridge is more evil than Voldemort. I'm not staring at you. I'm staring at my mic. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm striking your Lord of the Rings conversation. here. Here. Okay, thanks. How about it? I'm striking that from the conversation. Noted. Okay. So let's actually discuss what happened in this movie. Go ahead. No, you can talk. I'm just saying, 
We're not comparing it to Lord of the Rings. That's a whole different story. Oh, you want me to terribly explain it? Got ya. Fire snake, water bubble, glass, shield, sand. Is this Avatar? My gosh, that kind of is. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Wait a second. No, 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 no. You can do this. You got the fire snake. So you got fire. You got water. Earth. You got earth with the, with the glass and the sand. Yes. And then you got wind well, from the sand blowing around later. And then it all freezes. Count it. Freezes? Or it all, it all stops when it when Voldemort's oh, standing, the whole, okay. standing over Harry going, ah. I, I thought you were talking about freezes is like, you know, ice. No, 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 no. Okay. The, 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 the sand freezes yes. in the air. Obviously, being held in place by an airbender. Or magic in this. So there. there? Okay, so you just got on me for doing my Lord of the Rings reference. Because that reference that... was better than your reference. You were like, old wizard in this movie and old wizard in that movie. It's exactly the same thing. <laughs> I just like to... <laughs> Appreciate the fact I got a D and D reference in on that. I've had a Transformers reference tonight. I'm on a roll somehow, and so, somewhere I'm on a roll. So everyone out there playing Nerd Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> oh nope nope wait I got, I got the trifecta. Um, I got a D and D reference. Are we I playing got a postage stamp bingo? Yes, too? I got okay. I got a Transformers reference. I got a Lord of the I got I got the Lord of the Rings reference, and I got a um. A dig at Big Bang Theory. Oh, and Aang. And, uh, no, you got that one. So, oh. I guess you can fill that on your LA bingo card Thank for the you. night. Thank you. So, David, what did, okay, to, to settle this, <laughs> David, what did you think of the fight? <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I liked it visually. It was very nice. But, overall, I mean, I was, I was kind of expecting... I don't know what to like when I saw it in the theaters. Wonderful, seeing it now, it it just it doesn't work for me, and I don't know what to put my finger on as to why I don't like it. I think maybe it's just because they're 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 just so. I, I I don't know. I don't know what I don't like. I don't know if it's because I don't like the the hairy part where. Uh, like Dumb or uh, Voldemort's trying to take o- take take over his mind, or the the crawling on the the ground, I I it does not work for me. It's not one of those scenes in the Harry Potter series where I'm like, damn, that was a great fight. It just it, it it's almost like a combination of Ghostbusters crossing their streams and Darth Vader and 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 Luke fighting in Return of the Jedi. I I don't know. It's just. There's just something. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't say more. I don't know. It it's because work. you've already seen it in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so so let me get this straight. <laughs> By the way, if you tuned in for a Harry Potter discussion, you are sorely mistaken <laughs> on what this has turned into. So let me get this straight. I make that reference dumb. You make that reference comedy gold. <laughs> No, I wasn't making a reference. I was just making fun of you. There's a difference. All right. Yeah. So, by the way, once again to point out, David has officially written another scene for a, uh, I don't know why I'm on a Big Bang, like. Yeah, wow. I haven't even seen you watch that show in 
it, it randomly Forever. comes on at work, and I, okay. I've also discovered something recently where you can go online and watch scenes without the laugh track, and it is honestly oh, it's so painful. It, it is it is very painful oh. because because a lot of times it's just it's just like like David said to where it's like they'll just be like oh this is like um. Ghostbusters meets Star Wars. It, it's just them listing pop culture or nerdy stuff. I and then you. there's no... Fr- I mean, yes, David had a frame of reference, but there's no frame of reference to it. This is, of course, the later seasons. The earlier seasons are a little bit different. Okay. Not that I'm trying to say that it's horrible. I'm just saying that yeah. as somebody who's nerdy, there's sometimes where I'm just like, Ugh. Gotcha. So, yes. There's, so there's your I hate or I don't like uh, Big Bang Theory moment for the episode. Wow. Okay. Sorry to anyone who likes that show. I'm not like I said. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just as somebody who's nerdy, I just kind of roll my eyes sometimes at it. Back to Harry Potter now. Wonderful. Um. So I disagree with David. Um. It's a very Slytherin thing of you to do. I know, right? God, I got I, I got an endless supply now of. I am so shrewd. <laughs> kind of endless, endless supply of. <laughs> Of, of zingers, and, and I do mean that in every sense of the hilariousness That's of that. That's Z-E-N-G. Yes, yes, that, 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 is, that is Z-E-N-G. <laughs> um, so, I don't know, like, I, I get the fact that it's not, it's not the epic fight that we want to see. It's, it's still epic, it's yes. just, I think we built it up too much in our minds. Right. Um. Because the book, it was awesome. But, I guess from a, well, yeah. Um, I guess from a, just, um, it was very cool to see. Like, once again, I know we're focusing on, or I'm, I won't speak for anybody else, um, I'm focusing on just how, I thought it was very smartly written, just in the fact that they use, they they try to show how smart these wizards are. Okay, I got a good reference. Okay. I got a good one, and I'm trying, I'm not gonna, I'm not purposely trying to do this. But I think it makes sense in this regard. Uh, there is a theory out there that during the Vader versus Obi Wan fight, you know, mm-hmm. you know, on the other movies, right. like jumping around and flipping around, right, and everything, that those fi- that the fight between them is very deci- each blow is a very decisive blow. So that's why it's not like this. Like each one of them is striking with like precision accuracy. So them blocking it is like a testament to how good both of them are in that in that lightsaber fight. Mm-hmm. Same thing can be translated to this. Once again, I am doing a let me make sense of one pop culture thing by referencing another pop culture thing. Maybe both of them are making such decisive magical attacks that each one of them being blocked is this epic thing, but we as the viewers don't know that that's the thing that's going that's on. It's possible. I, I just, I think it's cool to watch. It, I, I feel like we're downplaying this scene. It's still a great scene. It's just... Well, and, and here's another thing that I get from it is Dumbledore is really, really powerful, obviously. Yes. But he is clearly... On his infli- heels. Okay, I'm talking okay, right go now. Ahead, go ahead. So he clearly is so preoccupied and concerned for hurting Harry, too, because you can tell that he notices... When they start fighting and things, you know, Harry's crouched in the corner at this point and, you know, there's stuff hitting near and around him. He's probably afraid to really let loose and go full force that Harry might be part of like, a, you know, just, you know what I'm trying to say? 
Like, yeah. I, I, I think, obviously, Voldemort doesn't care, but, you know, Dumbledore is coming on the part that he doesn't want Harry to be victim to <laughs> random crazy stray magic that could hit him. So he's kind of not only focusing on, you know, trying to hold Voldemort back and keep, but he's also trying to protect Harry at the same time. So I feel like that kind of dampens a little bit of what Dumbledore can do because of that. Um, but like I said, I'm just I'm just kind of talking about it. But I I just I just want to say I just I think it looks cool. Um, would I have liked it to be even bigger and grander? That would be obviously definitely what I would like. But I thought for what it was doing and what it was trying to accomplish, I thought it was really cool looking and and, and just it's neat to see. But but I understand too where David's coming from. You know. All right. Yep. So. I guess we, we, we got we got a fun little game to play at the end of this. But before we play that game, let's play the other fun game of what was left out or what was in the books that wasn't in the movie and vice versa. So with this, David, if you would like to take the lead on this. Oh, gosh. Um, uh, try to keep your answers to 20 minutes. <laughs> Being sarcastic, please be shorter than that. <laughs> um. I mean, I'll try and stick to some of the big ones. Obviously, Quidditch uh, being left out is one. I will I will say one thing that we, we actually haven't touched on, and I'm kind of shocked, but it's only because he shows up at the end, is the really big split between Percy Weasley and the rest of the Weasley family. Yeah, yeah. that is something that is completely ignored in the movies. Like, you mm -hmm. see the character appear every now and then, but there's no reference to it. It is sort of... I, really do feel like these movies like you kind of almost have to read the books because they they i feel like they assume you do to an extent yep. but yes that 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 is one to where like now i know he doesn't have a line no he does not he he shows up at the end with a shocked look with Prof or cornelius fudge but that's i that's think the extent of his involvement i think he shows up one other time too i think he's um when um isn't he in the scene where is he in the? Is he in the? Um, not the court. The yeah, yeah. The the, the court where, where they're they're judging Harry. I I don't think... recall, but maybe maybe he was, and I didn't pay attention to him. If he is in a like one of those robes, yeah, I think he, I want to say he is for some reason. Um, and then continuing with the Weasley theme, uh, both Bill and Charlie come home because they're working for the order, and that's left out, and it's revealed during. I think it's revealed during this. Um, this book that uh, Bill, I think it's Bill. I, I get them mixed up. Bill is uh, tutoring uh, Fleur in Ooh. English and it's setting up for their, their kind of relationship. Um, another thing that's left out, obviously, and it's, he's the character has been left out for the entire series, but he plays a part in, in the remainder of the, the books is Peeves. Once uh, Fred and George yep. is gone, Peeves is like that troublemaker that just continues to have trouble. Uh, I don't like that Cho takes the fall for uh, with the ver like the whole Veritaserum mm -hmm. uh, reveal. It's that it's one of her friends that takes uh, that yep. is actually the one that rats them out. But it's uh -huh. more important for this movie because it's the yeah. whole. And and by the way, I do want to also point out we never discussed the fact of that relationship between Cho and Harry in this. 
Nobody that's, cares. I, I was about it's, to say it's, it, it's like five minutes. And yeah, not, it's not worth it. Yeah. it's it's so forgettable and kind of like a plot point for the point of, oh no, she betrayed me, but it's actually because she was given true serum. Yep. And, I don't like the uh, voice you just went to with that. What what my complete disregard for a scene that I'm sure somebody enjoyed out there. One person. Were you trying to be a girl? I don't know what I was doing. Stop Stop giving me a hard time about my random voices I do. I'm just so cunning. Ah, uh, you Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. And, and you know, we already touched on it, but, like, the whole St. Mungo's um, with Neville's parents. And... Robbery. Robbery for that scene not being in the movie. Highway robbery. But, yeah, it'd be nice to... You know the Weasleys definitely take uh, take a lot of the brunt yep. force of being cut out, and a lot. And once once you get into these movies beyond what Chamber of Secrets, mm-hmm. uh, the the Quidditch stuff definitely takes a hit too. It's it's only there if it is completely essential to some plot. I mean, some point in the story. Oh, and I I, I got to bring this up because, and I don't know if it was mentioned in one of the previous episodes, but I, I came across it when I was just doing research is that the the appearance of professor flitwick and how he changed from old wrinkly professor in the first movie oh to like my gosh he good, does good looking professor like you know because you know, it's more noted as as time goes on obviously like he's doing the chorus and like she, she measures his height uh, dolores umbridge mm-hmm. measure, measures his height but somebody made that that comment and i was like that is incredibly strange that he was almost like gobliny looking yeah to to now you know uh, a suave debonair uh, charms teacher and it's like as soon as you point out i'm like oh my gosh i did i didn't did notice that um there is another character i think we'll touch on in the and it, it has to be in the next movie there's another character that got a random recast but that's for another movie um. Yeah, I, 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 I. Once again, I want to point out we understand that these movies, of course. You you have to make a two-hour movie out of a book that is substantially longer. The thing I wanted to point out was I remember hearing a rumor that the reason this book was so long is because there was a plot hole that that um, Rowling was trying to make sure she closed the loop on. And that's really? why I—that's what I heard, and I, that's why I said I'm like I should have done research on this. Like I should have looked up who um, the one guy was instead of saying he was uh, Martin. But whatever. Um, that apparently that there was a plot hole, and I was just like wondering what it was. Because she's good about I mean writing stuff to where it comes around, but there's other stuff that's just kind of this weird like head scratcher thing, like the time turner and stuff like that is something that that's kind mm-hmm. of a head scratcher on why isn't that used more or whatever but no i just i just don't know so if somebody knows who is listening if that is true let us know or i'll look it up at some other point but anyways i just want to point that out that, that that this book is a longer one has a lot more to, to pack in with it so so yeah but um i i don't know if you had anything else ellie or if david you had any more book book to movie stuff that that was that was cut or left out. Uh, I think I, I think yeah, I hit we, we most could, of like yeah, the I was about high to say, points. We could go on all day with that. So with that, we're gonna play our final game of the night real quick.
before we do our, our final thoughts, I think we kind of already done, but Ellie, we have some decrees that were made by Dolores Umbridge. So our fun game is Ellie will read them, and then the three of us will say whether we would have gotten in trouble for these or not. <laughs> Which one am I reading? Just pick one. There's, there's a, Now, okay. interestingly enough, according to the website we're on, there are ones that were only done in the film. Right. And then there are ones that were only listed in the book. Yeah, in the, in the film, I think they did over 100 decrees, and the books is about 20-ish, well, the, if, I, if I recall correctly. The thing is, the list we have is not apparently a complete list, because it just has random numbers to an extent. So, mm-hmm. so of course, we're not ha- we not going to do the full 100, because oh, we, one, don't have no. it, but two, <laughs> um, we're going to have Ellie randomly pick some, and we're going to say whether we would have gotten in trouble for those if we were at Hogwarts. Being honest, being honest, especially you, Ellie, you Slytherin. Oh, excuse me. So I'm going to pick um, Educational Decree number 82. All right. All students will submit to questioning about suspected illicit activities. Yeah, I would have gotten in trouble for that one. <laughs> yep. Ellie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. Uh, all right. Um, how about... Wait, which one do we have on our fridge? I don't know. Uh, I think it's 24. I'm going to go actually look. Oh, okay. Well, I'll read the next decree. I'm going to say educational decree number 27. Any student found in possession of the magazine, The Quibbler, will be expelled. Oh, yeah, I, I would have been expelled for that. <laughs> I would have definitely read that, too. You have to give Luna's family some love. Which one do we have? Uh, I'll show you in a second. I have to answer the Quibbler. Yes. So the Quibbler is like a conspiracy, a wizard conspiracy theory, like tabloid yes. thing. Oh, heck, yeah, I would have read that. As, as a true red-blooded wizard, I would be reading that and going after the... The wizard government for its cover-up of dragons. Here's my wizard Alex Jones. Oh, okay. Okay. I was wondering where you're going with that. Yeah, it's just me doing my Alex Jones impression, but he's yelling about wizards this time. Okay. So, here's an interesting thing. I am holding proclamation number 30. So, a very interesting thing is, according to the website we're on, it's different from the proclamation. Oh, yeah. See, they say a different number for that one. Yes. So I guess the numbers might be off for this. But anyways, read the number 30 on there. Number 30 on there is Educational Decree number 30. All Weasley products will be banned immediately. Yeah. I, I would have I would have gotten in trouble for having Weasley products. <laughs> yeah. Which one? All of them. All of them. Okay. The, the pus one. The, pu- Ew, the one that no. does the pus stuff. I yeah. would have given it out to tons of people. No. All right. So the one that we have here, which might be, like I said, I just pulled up a random thing on the website. So who knows how accurate this is. But this is the one for number 30, which apparently, according to the website, is number 24. No Wait. music is to be played during study hours. Now, would music include podcast? <gasps> or wizard wizard cast wizard cast yes oh my goodness because yes i would be in trouble for that 
Yeah, I, I I would be in trouble because I when when I was studying, I always used to listen to like classical type music or oh. soundtracks. Very fancy. Um, I, I guess the, I guess if I was a, I would be doing the wizard cast. Wizard this. Oh wow! Yes, one of the infinite number of Zygnus spinoffs. Apparently, <laughs> I need to think of a Star Wars one now. That's not. Knights of Vader. Um, Alright, Ellie, do you got one more for us? One more, okay. How about... Or do you want to do one from the books, apparently? Sure, I can do that. Oh, that. No, see, that one is... That one was listed on the other one. Alright, we'll um, scroll back up then. Actually, a couple of them are. Yeah, I, I figured they yeah. would be. Um, Educational Decree number 98. Those wishing to join the Inquisitorial Squad for extra credit may sign up in the High Inquisitor's office. Yeah, I wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> I, I can't stand how well you got that down. <laughs> oh, the laugh? Yes. Yes. It's fun. <laughs> I would not be doing that. I would not be getting extra credit. Okay. I mean, I like extra credit, so. Oh, so once again, <laughs> once again, you are showing both your Slytherin side and the fact that you don't think Dolores Umbridge is, is you don't think she, she, wait, I, I have to word this. Mm -hmm. She is not as evil as Voldemort, so you would side with her, you sick, twisted Slytherin. I know. I'm sorry. I, I If you had gotten anything but Slytherin, I would have been amazed at this point now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing my true colors. You are, and you're fitting way too well into them. So, final thoughts on the Order of the Phoenix. Um, I guess I'll just go first real quick because I don't got much to say. I've kind of okay. explained it through this. Yep. It's a, it's a great movie. Once again, as I said with the previous one, I feel that the book is, of course, almost a completely different creature from the movie. Though I feel the movie does touch on enough stuff but they do leave enough stuff out though that it still feels almost incomplete especially the mirror thing because it is something that is brought up in a later movie ah uh, something so simple they could have added too it's one it would have taken like a i think maybe 30 seconds at the most for him to give him the mirror maybe just saying um ellie or david i don't know which one of you wants to go next for your final thoughts on this one um, I mean, for me, I, I liked it. Um, I, I've said before, I don't try to compare the books to the movies too much just because it's not fair to, it, it isn't, you know. but at the same time, we, well, it's, it's, almost, it's almost unavoidable. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously fun to discuss it, but I'm just saying just, just going into this movie as just the movie, um, I do enjoy it. It's fun. Like we mentioned before, it's really the, the Turner for, you know, going from light and fun to... Obviously, in the fourth one movie, there is yeah. some dark parts. But it's still kind of still, you know, fun and games and all that stuff. But So, it, I like this because the, the darker ones definitely really start to get pretty awesome. Oh, my gosh. I completely forgot well, about something I wanted to mention earlier. Oh, okay. Well, you can do I that can... when you, you can do it again in a minute. Yes, I will, um, I will let you go and David go, and I will mention my thing at the very end. Yeah, but that's really all I have to say. I mean, I, I clearly like this movie. Um, it has some great characters in it, and like David mentioned earlier, uh, Luna is fantastic. Um, you know, they went through, I don't remember how many 
wasn't this the the character that was picked by the fan? Like there was over so many people that oh, like a like a popularity. It was like a contest. Yeah. Like you could submit and it was I can't remember, but it was tons and tons of people that you know tried to get this part, um, and it was perfectly cast. Just even the sound of her voice. Oh, oh, so so you're saying that the person who got cast was actually picked out from that, or the character was picked out? Yeah, it was a contest. It was like some kind of contest that they did that really? fans could submit. Um, they're like highlight reel or something. Or I, I don't know how they submitted it, but I remember I remember that being a big deal that 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 huh. this character was gonna anybody. Had well, a they, they casted it perfectly then. No, yeah, it was great. And, and like I said, even the just the sound of her voice, the way she walks and her talks. Airiness. and Yeah, just, just everything, her mannerisms, how she did everything. She was just such a good fit for this character. Um, so I, I really do like this movie a lot. I, I thought it was great. And I, I guess I'll wrap it up with... Uh, I, I love the book. And I think... It's easier now that we're so far removed from the books coming out that's easier to separate the movies and the books. And that really helps with the movies, as especially between uh, like this movie and then the next movie. It's uh, the uh, Half-Blood Prince. Mm-hmm. It's easier to, to kind of like look over some of the things that are missed because you don't really realize them after you've watched the movie so many times. I love the Dumbledore's army. I love that you finally start to see the the kids get comfortable with their magic abilities, that they're starting to learn how to fight back. Uh, you get to see more of these characters become start showing who they're going to become in the future, especially with with everything that's going to be coming up later. Uh, and And again, this movie is one of those movies where even... Now, like the, from from the readers who read the books, and the when you're watching the movies, you're seeing things where you're being told one thing, and you're it's easy. It's like, oh yeah, I, I like Seamus uh, totally believed that it, Harry Potter's fault and Dumbledore, and he was wasn't going to come back to Hogwarts. It's easy to see how things can be manipulated to where you need to search for the truth, and you uh-huh. need to to figure out. Like, what is actually the truth versus what is actually fiction, and how easy it is to be manipulated into that kind of position. And then suddenly, here's this big bad guy, and you actually get to see how well Voldemort from from the the end of the summer, essentially, or the end of the school term to now, how much power he has, how quickly he can reassert himself. And it's it's that kind of thing where it's like, damn, like there's there's only these few handful of people trying to oppose him, the ministry, like it's it's just incredible. And I think that's the the major takeaway is just how easily the wizarding world just fell back into not like not believing. Like they can't believe Voldemort's back. They'll just ignore it until it stares them straight in the face. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited for what comes next. Um, th- this is definitely a great one, but I, I like sort of the Harry Potters as they go on a lot more, except for, of course, three is still my favorite because of Sirius Black and everything like that. But the thing I forgot to mention 
was something I pointed out to you, Ellie, while we were watching it. The scene at when Harry is describing the attack, the snake attack on uh, Mr. Weasley, and he does that like head turn thing and then yells at Dumbledore to look at him. Mm-hmm. Kudos acting on that scene. Because that was a very Voldemort-like movement. That was a very Voldemort-like thing for him to do. And that kind of maybe reemphasized what was going on with Harry. So I, I really like that scene. I completely forgot. Because I'm like, it's not... It's such a weird scene that I don't think people would have catched, caught it. So that's why I wanted to put it as something to mention later. Instead of on my three favorite ones. Because I would have described that. And everyone would like, what the heck is he talking about? But no, I just, <laughs> I just really like that. So I wanted to sort of... You, you reminded me with the whole darker... T- I'm like, oh, right. That's why I wanted to mention that. So, um, of course, with that, we will come to an end of this episode, uh, this magical episode. But um, as always, thank you to David Ginsburg for joining us. Oh, and pe- yes. And, and where can people find more from you, sir? Oh, you can find uh, me at my podcast, Tales from the Fandom. It's every Monday a weekly episode comes out where I talk with a different guest about what fandoms they're interested in. And... Then I also do a actual play podcast now called Tales from the Five Nations, which is a D&D campaign setting called Eberron, but we use different uh, a different rule system rather than Dungeons and Dragons. And that comes out every other week on Tuesday. So you can find us there. We're on social media, Twitter, Facebook. I'm very, very active on Twitter. Yes, he is. On my Tales from the Fandom account. So you can find me there primarily and... Uh, yeah, uh, take a listen, and I've had uh, you guys on for, let's see here, your episode, the Firefly episode, uh, There's uh, there's got to be more, but I can't think of it right now. I feel like there is another one we're just not thinking of right now. I know it was on for the, um, for the once again, it comes back up, the Lord of the Rings uh, Hobbit thing. Yep, Hobbit 80th that. anniversary, yep. yep. I feel like there is a few. I know that we've been on a few times, and you've, of course, been on here several times, and um, I'm sure this will not be the last time you're on here as well. But um, And i I just like to point this out with my growing knowledge of a certain type of game. So if you are playing that 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 version the um, on the Tales from the Vibe Nation, so you are doing a homebrew, if I am correct. Mm. No, you're not. I'm oh sorry. darn it! I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, well, if you make up your own rules, that's called homebrewing. No, we use <laughs> uh, we use the Eberron campaign setting, which was released by Wizards of the Coast for D anD D three point five edition fourth, and then they just released it for fifth edition. But uh, we use a rule system called Savage Worlds, right. which is a a really flexible game system. Uh, the the way that I like to describe it is and a lot of other people do is it's it's a vanilla rule system and you can add what flavoring you want to gear it towards fantasy sci-fi horror it really lends itself well to pretty much anything and the combat which is the the key that i wanted to do the combat is very quick and can be very deadly depending on the dice roll so it's it can we had one combat session that's supposed to last probably you know five or ten minutes and it ended with one person's dice roll that's intense, and I know that they are putting out a they are putting out a put out a new book for that. Correct, I think you just mentioned it. For, uh, for Dungeons and Dragons, they have uh, 
the the one that's coming up next that a lot of people are really interested in is they're combining the world of Magic the Gathering, uh, Rav, Ravnica. I'm not familiar with Magic I at all. I actually am completely familiar with um, our two episodes ago was our discussion about Magic, and we did touch on Ravnica, but yes, the next one will be set there. But I was talking about the Eberron one. I thought they put out a new book with that. They well. they they put out um, a, a PDF, which is a living PDF right now, um, where they're still working on the rules because Eberron is, is a, a really different beast of Dungeons & Dragons with uh, just different races and classes. Mm-hmm. And so as as they get it finalized, they are going to put out um, a, a new book when it's done. But what, they, what they've really done is allowed the community who... There's a lot of people that love Eberron, and you couldn't publish material on their site until they unlocked it. And once they released that first book, they uh, or the first PDF, there's been just a tremendous amount of fans have actually put a lot of their work up on the site, and it's incredible to see. So uh, if, if you like Eberron or are interested at all in it, it's, it's a really wonderful campaign setting. Awesome. I just know because I guess I've been playing D and D recently, and I'm excited about the, the magic stuff. But this is all stuff for another day. Um, Ellie, where are some of the best places to find us on the internet? You can go to darkmyths.org. Yes, you can find us in tons of other dark podcasts over on darkmyths.org. Uh, you can, of course, find me screaming every week about nights. Uh, about Star Wars on the Knights of Vader podcast. Uh, you can, of course, find Zingness on Podbean, Google Stitcher, Google Google Play, um, iTunes. Basically, wherever you find podcasts. But if you're on iTunes, at least, what do you do? Well, of course, give us a five-star review. You can also find us and join us on our Facebook page. Just search Zing This. You can find us also on Twitter. At Sing This. If you want to go on Instagram, you can see little collages and photo stuff. And what we're up to, you can, of course, go to... At Zing This Podcast. If you want to join our Patreon, where you get a little extra episode, you get a little extra kind of conversations, first impressions of different movies we've seen in theaters, and just random discussions on stuff, you can, of course, go to patreon.com slash... Zing This. You can email us directly at... Zingness at gmail.com. If you want to go to the Tee Public store, you can go there and... That is tpublic.com slash zingthis. And you can get, of course, the Magicified logos from Zing This. And you can also, if you want to head over to the Tales from the Fandom page, you can also get stuff with David's show and logo on it. And we got two t-shirts with, with his logo and everything on it. They're oh my really gosh, cool. they're so awesome. Yes. Um, and also, apparently, the other week it was um, Tales Tuesday because I think uh, three people posted that they were wearing that Tales from the, the same Tales from the Fandom shirts. That was was very fun, um, including yourself, sir. Uh, our yep. sound guy is Aaron. Our logo is done by Chris Singer with modifications by Toby from the Secret Transition Podcast. And finally, DJ Golden Boy 89. Play us out.